Some people are like, you're the strongest person I know. I don't want to be the strongest person you know. <laughs> I don't want to be that, you know? It's like, why am I the strongest person you know? Like, this, this sucks. Like, what I'm going through, this really sucks. Like, I had moments of extreme uh, depression and especially facing, I, I had bouts of depression facing the the death of my mom and then recently the death of my brother. Hi everybody, I'm Katinia McHenry and welcome to another episode of Fuck Fear. Today we are talking about fear in changing careers and many of us have gone through this cycle of just thinking about changing career and being afraid to change your career and, and then taking that leap of faith and that next step to actually do it, to just say fuck fear and do it. My guest today is my dear soul sister, my Sheree Haley, we go back a long time and I am so excited to have her on the show. She is the founder and owner of Viva La Silk. It is a beautiful luxury, wearable, versatile art brand where she creates these gorgeous handmade silk scarves and head wraps and these beautiful garments that are just amazing and they make you feel so feminine and um, such a woman. So welcome Thank to the you. podcast. My Thank Cherie, for, I'm so happy to see you. Thank you for having me, Katina. Yes. Like this is this has been a long time coming. We've needed to sit down and have a conversation Girl. like this, like for a very long time. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we sure have. We go, we go back like babies and pacifiers. I know that's what it feels like. <laughs> yes. So you guys, I met my Cherie. I don't even know how long ago. 2010. I, I, I think it was, so I think I had just had Tosh. I was pregnant with my, my firstborn. So I think it was 2010 or 2011. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it might have been right before I had my son. So I would say 2010 and it's 2021. So oh my gosh, That's yeah, crazy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So my Sheree, um, so I was in television and my Sheree was a guest on the show that I was, uh, that I was hosting. And then you had Shimmer and Bliss. Uh, yes. which, oh, I love. We're going mean, to talk about that. Too, yes. We're going to talk know. about that. All right. So, so we yes. go way back. So every time we are able to connect, it just, it makes my heart and my soul so happy. So I'm, I'm thrilled. We're going to get into Same. this. Same. Same. So I always start every episode with one question, which is, my Sheree, what are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? There's a, that's, wow. Okay, you got me with that one. <laughs> I, there's not a lot of things that I'm afraid of, but I will say that I struggle with the fear of success and Ooh. the burden of carrying that in terms of what's, I get to this place where I'm like, okay, I'm successful. And then having to live up to that expectation of what success is. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's what gets me because I, I see it. And then I'm like, wait, 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 am I ready? And what am I waiting for? And why am I in this space of fear? Why am I just not stepping out on faith and knowing that spirit and and the universe and god you know and angels are watching over me ancestors are watching over me and and it's going to happen just exactly as it's supposed to so getting in that space of being confident about being successful yeah 
Oh, yeah. that's a good one because obviously as an entrepreneur, success looks different than it did when you were in corporate, right? So yeah. let's talk about that. My Cherie has been in the hospitality industry and has done a lot of different types of jobs in that industry. Um, you went to school for communications. You have your bachelor and um, your, your nursing degree. Um, so That's as so you look back on your career, how many times have you faced that fear and just um, and just going through the different aspects of your career? How many times have you faced the fear of changing careers? So I, I will say that it's happened many times where I had to chase my fear. And by the way, I don't have a bachelor's in anything. The only thing I have a bachelor's in is life. Yes. <laughs> and experience Hello. in life. <laughs> So That's I have the most a, important degree I, to have yeah, right there. I, yeah, I do have my um, uh, associates in nursing. So to go back to kind of tell how it all started for me was I grew up in an extremely religious family. And at a very young age, I realized that I wanted to, to get out. I wanted to explore the world and I wanted to have the means to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I followed in the footsteps of my grandmother, who was a nurse. My aunt was also a nurse. So I went to nursing school. So I went to a small technical college in South Carolina, got my uh, nursing degree pretty early on. And then I started working at the age of 19. And then from there, I worked at the doctor's office, hospitals, nursing homes, and was able to kind of travel and move around. And so I went from South Carolina to North Carolina and then moved to Atlanta where I wanted to pursue modeling and acting. And I also always had the nursing to fall back on. So nursing was always there because that was my bread and butter, mm -hmm. but I also wanted to pursue this artistic side of me. And I was actually still figuring it all out because when you're in your early twenties, it's like, okay, what am I doing with my life? Like, wh what does this all mean? And I just, I was so sheltered for so long. It was like, I just want to experience life. Mm -hmm. And the only way for me that I felt to experience it was to travel and to see places and different people and things. So that was what my, a huge part of my education, just being able to travel and explore different cultures and people and backgrounds and religious backgrounds as well. And so when I spent some time in Atlanta and then from Atlanta, I, I did broad, I, I did, so, I went to school for at the Atlanta Broadcast Institute and thought I was going to be on the radio and <laughs> didn't really pursue that. I was like, I'm not to be on the radio. Yes. I got that radio voice. Hey. No. <laughs> so I really, so I thought I was, I was completely devoted to that. And everyone's like, you're going to be most likely to come back and even teach at this school. Like I, we see you doing big things. And then it wasn't something that really stuck with me. And I really felt like I wanted to see how I could do with uh, modeling and acting. Mm -hmm. So after my time, about five years in Atlanta, I decided that I wanted to explore the West Coast. And so I moved to LA. And during my time in LA, I actually worked as a nurse as well. Mm -hmm. And I got to um, work for a couple of celebrities. Like I was working for Shelly Winters and that was really cool. I just got this really cool eclectic experience yeah. um, in the, the world of nursing, but in healthcare, but also in the world of like um, acting and Hollywood and all of that. And 
I really enjoyed it, but I also realized that it wasn't the end all be all. And I yeah. noticed that a lot of people like in Los Angeles and uh, in California in general, general really weren't living authentically. Yeah. I, yeah. I noticed that. And I can totally relate. I grew up there. So I know exactly what you mean when you say that. Yeah. Everyone's in the rat race in yep. order to achieve this fame, but what the fame what is what does all that matter at the end of the day what is what what do you gain from that thing right. like right. you know the, a, along mm -hmm. with that I saw so many uh the drug scene was really big at that time and I mean it's like you know with all sorts of things like cocaine and yeah. not just you know like that but marijuana as well all of that and and I think that during this time people are always searching and looking but what we really need to be doing a searching inside of ourselves for the answers. We're always looking on That's the outside. Right. Yep. What are we doing to look on the inside for the answers to what our, what our true purpose on this planet is. Mm -hmm. And so during this whole time, I feel like I was my own science experiment because I was learning so much about who I am yeah. and who I wanted to be and what I, how I wanted to put myself out there in the world and project myself as and and so LA was definitely a grind and then I and I got into the hospitality business working in Las Vegas and so I got my one of my gigs working as Cleopatra at Caesar's Palace and yes. did yes yeah, so <laughs> that was <laughs> that was fun <laughs> So I can totally see you as Cleopatra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to wear this headdress and we, um, we did a lot of the corporate events. Um, there was one time like Oprah, uh, we had to greet Oprah. There was also Tyra Banks at that time. And, and, um, then there were a lot of fights that happened. Like there was oh, this Lord. space, yeah, you know, during this time of the, not the fight fights, but like, um, Boxing. uh, Boxing. boxing. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Boxing. And then people were visiting from all over the world. And so once again, it was this cultural experience that I was yearning for mm -hmm. because there were people from all over the world that would, would come to Las Vegas. And this was in the early uh, 2000s. So it was just a really great, um, juicy time to be in Las Vegas. It was just at the pinnacle of like when the economy was booming, hospitality was great. And it, it was just such a great uh, experience. And then I met my <clears throat> now ex-husband while I was uh, living in Las Vegas mm -hmm. and he was living in Texas. And and the connection was pretty amazing. And, and then I ended up moving to Texas. We got married, two kids and all of that. And in between that time, I, I really was looking for change once again. And so Austin would offered that because Las Vegas has this like hustle bustle nonstop. It yeah. was, that was when I really started my first business in Las Vegas. I started my business called my words of wisdom. So mm -hmm. I had these, I had a card, I had my business cards with a picture, my like a modeling photo. And then it was a number that you could call 702 wisdom. <laughs> <'Cause that's laughs> <a zip code. laughs> and I would leave a voice message. Oh my with, God. Like words of wisdom. Oh God, that's hilarious. <laughs> yes. And my very clever. Lady, I, yeah. My name was Lady My Cherie, uh, or Lady My, Lady My. <laughs> and people would literally call me that because I worked in the oh. modeling. Everyone called me Lady My when I was living in Las Vegas. Everyone's like Lady My. And, and so I have this like spiritual um, 
uh, line that people would call and I would, you know, leave messages like, um, you are one of a kind. Your uniqueness is exquisite and divine. Now is the time to illuminate oh and my shine. God. <laughs> you were like the, the astrological queen for people, right? Like, yes. <laughs> call me now. Like Miss Chloe. My oh my God. Call me now. <laughs> what was her name? Yes. Miss 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 Cleo. Miss Cleo. Yes. Ms. Oh Cleo. my. Call Absolutely. me now for your free reading. For your free reading. Call me now. <laughs> And yeah, and my, you know, and my, my family is uh, from the Caribbean. So right, my yeah. Jamaican runs deep through my blood. So oh, when it. I was wearing my scarves, everyone was like, you, you, you're Miss Cleo. Girl, that is <laughs> funny. That takes me yes. way back. Oh man. That's what, yeah. So that tells you how old I am. But um, besides that, <laughs> all the lessons, <laughs> all the lessons learned from, uh, learned from that. And I, I really enjoyed, I found a very spiritual community in Las Vegas Yeah, and I'm still in touch with a lot of those uh, people who are now some dear friends of mine, because you would think like, uh, you know, Las Vegas, it's like, you even think about the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the movie yeah. with Johnny Depp. It's like, oh, yeah. when you think of Las, yeah, people have a, a perception of Las Vegas and then also a misconception of what it's really like. Yeah. But locals literally lived local and we did local things that were separate from the strip and separate mm-hmm. from that life. And I was introduced to yoga and yoga really came into my life. Meditation, going out to Red Rock, really grounding in the earth. And also um, Red Rock was there and uh, Mount Charleston where it snowed uh-huh. sometimes. So, yeah. and it, you know, you were a drive away from, from California, California as well. So Nevada is, is, is really, a gem like that's well, Las Vegas even more so but that state is really a gem because you can really get to any place you want to just yeah. by being in that state and so yeah. that once again gave me the flexibility to be able to travel explore and and figure out where I was going with my career and with my life because yeah. we were talking about career right and fear <laughs> so, in it I know I was about to like yes come on girl career. let's redirect <laughs> let's redirect let's read let's redirect so so when I moved to um, when I moved to Austin, I started uh, Shimmer and Bliss, and that's when we we met. I actually yep. moved here in two thousand and and six, and then I started the company. I had a business partner for a little bit. I don't know if you remember her, but she's amazing. Um, okay. And we started this company, and I used to sell scarves on the drag yep. <laughs> on the university on the drag yep. just to see what the response, you know, uh, we, we were going to get and ended up being such a great response that went over to the Chase Bank over there, started a bank account, LLC'd the company. And then uh, Shimmer and Bliss came into fruition. It was one of those things where it just began to bud and, and blossom. Yep. And then got a little bit of uh, news coverage. Then we did some PR together. You and I did PR. Yep, we sure as did. Yeah. Well. Yep. yep. went to the uh daytime emmy awards did some stuff with mtv as well so it was a it was a very beautiful time in my life where i really embraced entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. that was when my first love of entrepreneurship really began to grow and then also austin was was such a small sleepy town at the time that people were just open to 
um, creatives, to makers, yes. to artisans, to all of that. So it was such a great time to, uh, to be in that space of, of creating. Yeah. And, and then along the way, I think fear began to seep in because my husband at the time wanted us to start a family and I was totally fine with, um, my son. I'm like, okay, let's, yeah, let's, let's do this. But of course, starting a family requires you to, um, really be present in, in that part of your life that yeah. tapping into that nurturing and mother side of yourself, yep. which I struggled with, uh, a little bit because I definitely wanted to start a family because I was in, you know, in love, but I also wanted to pursue my career sure. in entrepreneurship. Yep. And so finding that balance was really difficult. And, uh, and, and through that, I actually, this is super personal, but I mean, I think now we're all in this, uh, space of where I think IVF and in vitro is, is pretty yeah. common conversation now, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I had to go through IVF and I was, it was probably, it was a time where I really couldn't share that with, yeah. with anybody else and, and what was going on. So that was taxing on the body and also my spirit. And then my mom, um, right after I had my first son, my mom came to visit and said she had cancer. Yeah. She was diagnosed yeah. with, with cancer, which was really hard for me to stomach. And I just, there was some fear that, that came in like fear of her not being okay. Fear that I'm not focusing enough on, on, uh, my personal family and also her, her care and her well-being. Yeah. And, and so I did take a step back from the business and it really wasn't until after she passed away. Like I actually kept doing it during the time that she was sick and tried to see her as much as I, much as I could, but there was this space where I was stuck between a rock and a hard place of really not feeling motivated and, and not right. really having that joy because yeah. my mom was sick. Yeah. And, and also being in a space with, um, family and then having some pressure from my ex-husband to have another child. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, um, I'm like, well, we're just, we're happy. This is, this is great. Just the right. three of us. This is awesome. <laughs> just and he's like, no, I want more kids. And you promised me that. And I was like, Oh, I, did okay, okay. so uh, more kids. <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> all right yeah and I'm like I just need a little bit more time to get my business to where it needs to be like I felt right. like even with you like you were there with me I was almost yep. there like I felt like it was just about to reach this point that tipping point yep that yep. Malcolm Gladwell talks about that uh -huh. tipping point I was like there 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 yes and then I had to step back from yeah. it all and so I put the business on a hiatus yeah. And decided to uh, take this time to devote to um, having another child yeah. and actually being sensitive to my husband at the time who I knew wanted to have a bigger family. And I'm like, okay, I want to make this work. Like, I love him. I want to make this work. And yeah. so did any I, of that scare you? Uh, yes, because I, I knew that having a second child was going to be a challenge for me based on how hard it was for me to get pregnant with my, yeah. with Tosh. Yeah. So I knew that that was going to be a challenge and I just kept praying. I'm like, please let this be easy. Please not so much easy, but please let this go smooth. Like I've already had so much stuff 
happen in terms of like losing my mom and she passed away. And then six months after that, uh, I was pregnant with Jasmine. Yeah. And so I felt, I feel like she definitely was the, the catalyst in, in bringing that to, um, bringing that into fruition. So, so yeah, so that happened and, and then I took a break and I really decided just to go back to working. Um, I took a little break during the time where Jasmine was young and I decided to get back to working in the hospitality industry. Yeah. And I worked at the Fairmont, uh, hotel for a little bit. Yeah. And, and actually prior to that, I'm just going to go back. I did start, um, another business that was more of a service related. Yes. And this was, was that your talent agency? Yeah. A talent agency. Yes. Yes. And so I did the consulting and talent work for kids who wanted to pursue the arts. Yes. Which was modeling, acting, all of that, because I had all this experience, all these years of working in that industry. And so I'm like, this would be great. Children are the future. How are we mentoring and leading them so that they can have a successful career especially in the arts it's Mm -hmm. like it's just a a space where I really feel like I thrived and I wanted to give kids the proper tools to be able to thrive there as well yeah and so during that time my ex was like oh no 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 you can't start another business and I was like this is what I should be doing I have experience and he was like you don't have the credentials to do this and I'm like what do you mean you don't have it. You don't have what it takes to have your own business because you, it didn't work with Shimmer and Bliss. So it's 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 probably not going to work with this. And I'm like, I have just as much experience as you as a lawyer. You went, my experience in this industry is just as many hours as you have spent doing your industry consulting as right. as a um, he's a lobbyist. And so uh Malcolm Gladwell another book by him it's called The Outliers and it talks it says it takes 10,000 hours to master a skill or whatever it is that you do I don't know if you have read that book but it's one of my favorite books yeah Yeah, it's one of my favorite books and he says it takes 10,000 hours to master a skill yeah and I have spent more than 10,000 hours doing uh this the arts uh the modeling the acting the, that entire, that entire genre, I've spent so much time over, which was over the last, I guess it would have been 12 years at that time. And so I'm like, I have, I, I have, you know, that, and then my mentors that I, that I was working with, they were like, my, like, you can do this in your sleep. Like, this is a no brainer. You could be a consultant doing this. Right. And so, yeah. And so I stepped out on faith and a lot of fear was, was in the way, but I ended up, um, we ended up separating and then divorcing during that period, like right after Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to do another episode of, of, of the, of the relationship. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. And the fear yeah. that is involved in a relationship like that. It sounds like, you know, what you described is, is a lot of people, similar experience where the narcissist tries to scare you out of doing something or scare you into submission to yes. not something. That's a whole exactly. code, but yes. yes, go ahead. Well, then you also, you also have to do for me, it was almost like, it, it was, I don't consider it imposter syndrome. I consider it being in a space where, you know, I was married to someone with an Ivy league, Ivy league education who was 
very, who followed all the rules. And he's like, you have to follow all these rules in order to be successful. And if you don't follow them, then you can't be successful. And it was almost like that fear that he put inside of me with Mm -hmm. someone that I'm married to, that I'm the mother of your children, that really brought me to a low space in my life to where I felt like I wasn't good enough. Yep. Yep. And I know that, you know, because it's, and it's like, am I just not good enough? Like what's wrong? What's wrong with me? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't have my law degree and I'm, I don't have a PhD, but I do think that I'm smart enough to know absolutely what is, you know, to make smart decisions, to be able to be successful in some scope of, (laughs) of life, you know? Right. And, and so that, that really, took me some time to work through, but then I pushed through that fear and decided to go, um, go ahead and do my consulting business. And during that time between divorce and trying to run the business and stuff, I, I had to, you know, like we were separated, I was working. So I started work. I started driving for Lyft and for Uber. Oh yeah. And yeah. I started driving for Lyft and for Uber to, um, to make some money because my lifestyle downsized significantly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> right. Yep. So, I know. so yeah, I was like, I'm trying to get this business going, but during that time, I also need to generate, um, you know, generate cash flow. And so Uber and Lyft was an amazing experience. I had so many amazing experiences just talking to uh people in my that got in my car that I wanted to write a book just based on that entire yeah yes oh my gosh yes conversations in the car yes yes yeah just in the car the conversations that you have in the car with with so many people and then the questions that they that they you know were asking me wanted to know about me and who I was and then having these really in-depth conversations during a time politically where there was so much going on, mm-hmm. uh, on, on in the world and our planet in the United States as well. Yeah. And so I, it was, it was just such a great experience to be able to do that while growing my Sheree Haley talenting consulting. And then there was kind of like a point where I was like, okay, I'm done with driving. I, I need a real, I need a real job. And I did kind of break away from the consulting because dealing with the parents of the kids was Uh, very draining girl. Mm. Mm. It was emotionally and physically draining. And Mm -hmm. I said, you know, let me take a step back and once again, reevaluate my life and where I am and where I'm going. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like through all of the, um, the different iterations of your career and, and the, the different jobs that you have moved into and out of, it sounds like from what you describe every single time, there was this evaluation that you went through and yes, there was a fear, but, but you did it anyway, even though you didn't know how it was going to turn out. I mean, starting a business is a pretty huge, um, effort. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of uncertainty that goes with starting a business. If you don't have regular cash flow, if you're not married to the Jeff Bezos of the world, you know, that can help fund the, help fund the effort and initiative. So as you look back on that, how do you think about how you were able to move from one thing to one thing to the next so seamlessly? 
Well, I don't, was I, it, it wasn't seamlessly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Some people are like, you're the strongest person I know. I don't want to be the strongest person, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be that, you know, it's like, why am I the strongest person, you know, like this, this sucks. Like what I'm going through, this really sucks. Like I had moments of extreme, uh, depression and mm. especially facing, I, I had bouts of depression facing the the death of my mom and then recently the death of my brother so yeah. so i i definitely there is there's no seamlessness to this as women and as black women yes. we were taught to hold your head up with confidence and just do it right just do it and That's fuck right. fear like you said fuck fear just do it and so those times when i felt like i was my most weakest and couldn't get out of the bed and and didn't know what my next move would be and didn't know whether or not i was going to be able to make rent that month i still did it because i knew that i had to do it and i knew that there were my ancestors before me and women before me that have done it and i'm like i still have to fight through all all of that fear that i'm feeling yeah. and yeah. and and still step out on faith and say you know what you're going to do it because god always provides a way and even through those dark times it's like but I'm always like, we're holding this conversation now. Well, you know what? Last week, two weeks ago during the snow apocalypse, I wasn't feeling that great. I was in a dark yeah. space and I'm like, but I made it through and now we're having this conversation. Yep. So this yep. too shall pass is one of the things that my mom used to always say. And that really resonates with me in terms of where, how my uh, career has been a little bit up and down and uh you know and intertwined with that is relationships I mean you have a relationship yeah. with your job as well you have a yep. it's the same thing like it's 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 all um comes together and is, is it has to be cohesive so right. so I I definitely will say that there was nothing seamless about it but I will say that the strength came from prayer and and faith and knowing that I had a, also a strong support system around me in terms of friends and family so I think that's really important as well to have those strong friends and family to say hey you can you can do this and that's kind of how Viva La Silk started like I had so many friends saying you're miserable working at the Fairmont you're miserable working at Aveda you're miserable doing all of this because you're why are you not doing your 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 scars yes. why are you not doing you know what what you love and I'm like well because I'm trying to be responsible and I really you know right. like, all the things all the things right? it's like do, is that and I said that chapter closed I thought and yeah and, but it didn't close it actually just was sitting there and waiting for me to pick it back up and say I am ready yeah. And, and that really is, is how it evolved to where I am now. And there's no turning back now. I'm like, yeah. the kids are already like my Jasmine just sent me, wrote me a little note. She was like, my mom's company is Viva La Silk. I love it. I, <laughs> I love am it. going to you even, and she's like, I'm going to take over her company when I get big enough. I so love I was like, it. I got, I have, 
have to make sure. And then Tosh is like, mommy, what were your sales like today? Oh, and how is everything going? And <laughs> yeah. He's, he's reading rich man, poor, he's reading rich dad, rich man, poor dad. Yeah. The book he's reading yeah. that book now in his pod and he's, and he's asking me about all these, you know, all these things. So are you invested in stock mommy? And then he was like, well, how are sales and all that? And so I now have to be accountable because right. my children are like, we expect you to succeed. Like you're, we already think you're doing it. We're, right. already, we're already succeeding. So they see that <laughs> you know? you're an example to them. So, yes. so I'm recalling when, so you mentioned the conversations of around Viva La Silken and thinking about restarting. I remember so clearly, I don't know when it was, but I was, we were having this conversation. I think you were either working at Aveda or you were working at the Fairmont. And I was like, why are you not like, why, what's holding you back from restarting mm -hmm. Viva La Silk. And you were telling me about all the things like in the divorce and your all, all your your silks mm -hmm. and your materials and supplies and yeah. and the like your formulas. You didn't have any of that stuff. And I remember so yeah. clearly you telling me about just thinking about how you were going to go get that from your ex-husband and yes, and the house. Totally. So yep like talk through totally that because that, about that yes I remember you, you were like I don't have any of my stuff like yes. every, all the colors that you made for I mean all the colors that went into yep. the silks you yep. made them yourself like you yep. came up uh -huh. with that you I formulated it, all that I had, all I had of it and you didn't yeah. have any of your like your no I didn't have book. any of that because I ended yeah. up leaving whenever I left and we separated it was it was on really bad terms and so for whatever I don't know how it happened but so much stuff got left behind yeah and I put some stuff aside in the garage but but that got locked down and I didn't have access to it and so I and I had a few of the posters blown up when I'd done some some shows that were really cool so I had I had some things but for the most part I didn't have I didn't have much in terms of being able to restart. Yeah. And I think what did it for me was saying, do you really need that to restart? Why can't you come up with new colors? Why can't you come up with a new plan? Why can't you come up with new designs? Like, yeah. why are you holding on to what you already did? So I basically cleaned a slate. Like yes. I just, I did an entire sweep of slate, new dye, new materials, new packaging, new marketing, all of it. I just said, I'm starting from scratch and I'm yeah. going to see if people actually respond to this. And if they, and if they like it, well, then I'll keep doing it. And if they don't, then maybe it's not for me to do, but I just, yeah. I decided to step out. And then I was, I had the opportunity to do a show ATX swim week. Um, actually yeah. Martha, who invited me to do the show, I used to mentor her daughter Ooh. um uh, and back in the day and we did a photo shoot with her like we were branding her she moved to LA Martha came here to do this show and she was like I really want you to help me with this show and then she's like I want to give you an opportunity to actually showcase your your designs and I was like I don't have any designs what are you talking about <laughs> I was like what are you talking about and then I'm like, I'm going to have to create a collection. So it was oh like the God. fire was lit under me with a yeah. timeline. Yes. I do best with, uh, with timelines. Mm -hmm. if, if I don't have a timeline in front of me of the end of what I need to get done, yeah. then I'm going to procrastinate and not do it. 
Yeah. That's just, that's just the bottom line. Like I need timelines. And so if I know I have this amount of time to get something done, you'll do my it. adrenaline kicks in and that adrenaline yeah. is what drives my creativity. Yes. It's I love crazy. It. Yeah. Was there ever, ever a time before you restarted um, and started Viva La Silk that you were afraid to actually do it? And if you were afraid, what were your fears? Cause I, I imagine the fears were different this time around than there were when you started Shimmer and Bliss. Yes. Well, I was most worried that I wasn't even going to be able to, um, in terms of, I wasn't worried about what I was going to create because my mind was definitely in a creative space. My biggest issue was how was I going to be able to afford to mm -hmm. buy all of what I needed to start yeah. to kick off this collection? How was I going to be able to afford to 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 do all of that and so once again i went to spirit i prayed about it and i'm like if this is meant to be please um show me the way yeah guide me yeah show me the way so yeah. with that i um i forgot what happened but things just started to fall into place in terms of like uh the ability to be able to buy the buy my couple of rolls of silk and the dyes and and then my and then my seamstress she came out of nowhere because she lost her this was during the pandemic too part of the well after this was like partly during the pandemic she lost her job at zach scott theater yeah i was looking for work and so my assistant that was helping me she was like hey if you need a seamstress and i'm like i do i'm like is she like is she like detail oriented and she was like oh she does costume design and i was like what? girl i'm like um, hmm. I need her number. And it was a match made in heaven. Wow. And that's, that was all divine. That was all yes. divine intervention. That yes. was all divine intervention. I truly yeah. believe that. And, and then, oh my God. So all this stuff started falling in place. And then last in, in, and then in, uh, 2020, October, 2020, right before Tasha's birthday, um, my brother suddenly dies. I remember. Yeah, my brother suddenly so, died, and it was yeah. yeah he was uh, forty five, and it was and it was God. totally just a just a we. I mean, we found out that there was some underlying high blood pressure, but um, it was just it was just happened so quickly. Yeah, I was not. I was not prepared for it, of and I got back to that space of being dark and depressed again. Mm. And I'm like, he was like one of my biggest fans. And I'm like, yeah. why am I doing this? Like my mom's not here. My brother's not here. I'm next in line. Cause I'm the, I'm the second born. I'm next yeah. in line. I'm like, is it like, and you know, like, and then even Jasmine and Tasha were like, mommy, are you going to die? Oh and I'm my like, gosh. No, I'm oh, like, don't I say God, that. I don't want to. I oh know. But they have had so much death between, yes. you know, just as for young kids, they've, they've seen me hurt so much in terms yeah. of losing people that are really close to me. And so okay. Tosh was like, mommy, are you, are you going to die? Or are you going to be okay? And I'm like, I'm going to live as long as I can for you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, that was uh very, that to me, that fear of being able to work through that pain and that grief and still put out, I didn't want to post anything. I didn't want to do sure. any shows. I didn't want to be around people like I, that. It was, but it was fear. It was fear yeah. of 
feeling like a failure, feeling like there was nothing to live for, fear yeah. of not of the unknowing. Yes. Just yeah. everything. And it was, it was just a really dark and low point in my life once again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, sorry, I'm on the phone and then That's it, okay. yeah, click through. So yeah. through all of that, I, I just, I just, I heard him t- just talk to me and say, you can do this. You can yeah. do this. You yeah. can do this. You got this. I support you. I support you. Yeah. And, and, and pulling that together and still knowing, because I mean, it's still, I mean, that was, that was, um, t- you know, 2020 October, of, no, not October, 2020 October, 2019 because now we're in 2021 so it was October 2019 so that wasn't that long ago yeah and so now even working through that and and really just knowing it's like you know what you have changed what you were going to do so many times is this the end all be all no but this you're doing what you love right now and people appreciate you for doing that and so keep doing it just keep doing it stay just just stay on the journey stay on the journey and and who who knows what what will come from this like it's 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 all it's all unknown to us but I do believe that we as humans are here to experience right the good yes yeah yeah it's amazing too just hearing you talk about the way things have worked out when you stepped outside of your fear and when you said fuck fear how things just opened up and that is like the most amazing thing to witness is when you step on on faith and decide that you're not going to be afraid the universe god gives you exactly what you need when you need it and and you were the perfect example it's amazing to see it all happen Oh yeah. So, and I, and I, and it happens every single time, every single time, even through you, the careers, divorce, yeah. deaths, it's like, okay, here we go. Here we yeah, go. go fuck fear. Yeah. Fuck fear. Yeah. And you know, Will Smith says something and it just, it resonated with me when I saw it. And when I, when, when I heard him say this, he says, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Oh my God. Right. Wow, that right? is like, girl, <laughs> he said that. And that it's like, is pure truth. It is so true. That's the Holy Ghost wow. right there, right? That, I mean, that girl, is, that says we're about to have church up in here. Ever, we're about to have church. Everything <laughs> you want is on the other side of fear. And wow. you, you, I look at that because he was he was talking about it when he was about to jump off, uh, go skydiving. Oh yeah, or something. Yeah. And that that one line that he said speaks to me, and even in terms of like giving birth. So when when I went through this space where I was like, okay, is this baby actually going to come out of my vagina? And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, like, you know. Oh I had, shit. <laughs> yeah, I had both of them. I had two home births, and I mean, you yeah. know, with kids, it's like we got a birth baby. All the stuff that we've done, we have. We said fuck fear because everything that we want is on the other side. It's yes. on the other side. That's yep. where the, that's where the good life is. Yes. That's where, that's where it all is. And so 
I appreciate you so much, Katinya, for for this bugbear, like for for what you were doing and for what you were going to do for so many women and what you have already done. And, and you, this needs to go, I mean, this needs to speak to, this is going to speak to so many women, Yes. so many women, so many women, not just women, men as well, but this is going to speak to so many people on this planet that need to know that like, that's where we need to be right now. We need to be on the other side of fear, everything that we want and fuck it, fuck it. Just do it. Fuck it. Do the shit. Do it. (laughs) So give me just three things you would tell people besides, I think what you just said is besides so poignant. fear. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> give me one, one more thing from the, my Cherie treasure box. Oh, from what the, my Cherie, drop it, drop another gem. Yeah. I, so in terms of, I do believe that when we get in our head too much and we mm. get, analytical about like, well, how is this going to work? And how did it work? How am I going to see this? We get in our own way, step out of your way. Yep. Yes. And just let it be. And, and you, and everything is going to unfold when you get in your way too much and you get in your head and you don't follow heart and you don't follow spirit. Yep. You're, 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 it's a, it's a losing battle. You're going to lose every time. And it's going to make the, it's going to make it that much harder. So get out of your way. Yeah. Get out of your own way. Fuck fear. And, and make it happen. Yes. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Because it just feels so good. Like everybody right now needs to take a moment, whatever they're dealing with, whatever they are needing to do or making a, a decision about need to say right now and say it with me in unison. Fuck. Fuck fear, fear, fuck it. Everything fuck you it. want is fuck on the it. other side of fear. That is so, oh my God, it's piercing to the soul. And that is yes. what we need, right? Our soul absolutely needs to be and ripped open so that we can experience the fulfillment and joy of being fearless. Fearless. We're going fearless. to end it right there. Amen. Ashe, 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 yes. My guest today has been my beautiful soul sister, my Cherie Haley, the founder and owner of Viva La Silk. Check her out. Thank you for listening to this episode, this very poignant, enlightening episode, an inspirational episode of Fuck Fear. We'll see you next time, everybody. Coming up on a new episode of Fuck Fear. With feedback in organizations, I think that's probably the biggest tension um, right now, that that fear of being thought less of or not um, being thought of as highly as we thought often closes out our motivation, you know, our desire to be motivated to do better. Have you just gone through evaluation season at work? If it caused stress, anxiety and fear, you should definitely listen to this episode as my guest, Sekou Burmese, explains the why. He's an associate professor of strategy and entrepreneurship at the University of North Carolina's Keenan Flagler Business School. He studies management, people analytics, managing human capital, organizational theory, and design. And he has a deep understanding about why workers are afraid of being evaluated and fear related to the performance evaluation. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you feel led, I'd love for you to write a review, check out other episodes, And as always, thank you for listening.